Good morning. Welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along today on this Sunday morning. So we talk about the Word of God and some proper theology today related to Christmas. I have a question first, though. Are all traditions bad? I don't think so by any means. As a matter of fact, traditions usually become traditions because there was something good about them. And we don't want to allow traditions to lose their meaning, but we do want to value certain traditions that can have such a positive impact upon us. I think of Christmas time as a time with a lot of wonderful traditions associated with it that are worth remembering. One of the things that grieves me is when I'm on campus, sometimes towards the end of the of my fall semester, as it's getting into the holiday season, I ask some of the students if they remember any of the, if they know any of the Christmas carols. And so few of them do because they're not sung that often anymore. Indeed, you don't sing them in school. They're not played in the malls. A lot of radio stations don't play the, the, the spiritual carols. They play Christmas songs just related to snow and white Christmas and good feelings. And even in our churches, sometimes we'll only sing maybe one or two, each carol maybe once a year, maybe twice at the most. And there are such beautiful songs and such theologically rich songs. And so as we talk on Sunday mornings here in our Daily Word and Prayer, we like to talk about a classic Christian song or hymn. And so over the next few weeks in this Christmas season, we'll talk about a carol on each Sunday, and maybe even some more as well. This morning, I'd like to talk about the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. This was written by Charles Wesley. Now, Charles Wesley is an interesting fellow because he and his brother John were the founders of the Methodist Church. And they weren't welcome in most churches. And so they went out and they preached outdoors. They preached in the fields. They preached to illiterate people. They preached to people who weren't welcome in the churches. Yes, that's right. It's hard to believe, isn't it? But there were there in a it, we live in a very inclusive time when churches are walk, inviting everyone. But they lived at a time when if you didn't measure up in certain ways, you weren't welcome in the church. And so certain people who were the outcasts, they went out to preach to them. And they were, they were often the hard workers, the laborers, the marginalized, the forgotten. And as they preached to them, they saw a revival. Now, this was during a time when the churches were going astray, and there was a lot of bad doctrine that was beginning to infiltrate the churches. Sounds kind of like our days. Even this hymn that we're about to talk about, this Christmas carol, was written to give us good theological understanding of what happened there at Christmas time. And see, a lot of Wesley's songs were designed to teach good theology because a lot of his their converts weren't literate. They could sing, and they listened to the words, and the words made a difference, and that's how they learned their theology. A lot of these people who, who couldn't read the Bible, but they could learn through through the um, scripture or through the songs. Now, Charles Wesley, interestingly, he wrote a lot of songs, a lot of hymns. This is one of our favorites, but it wasn't the only one he wrote. I've, I've got three different sources here that talk about how many hymns he wrote. Some say 3,000, but another source said 65 
hundred, six thousand five hundred, and another source said seven thousand. Well, at that point, I suppose who's counting, right? Once you get past three thousand, you're probably going to lose count anyway. But he wrote a lot of them, and they were written to teach good theology. And they are written. This one was written about the theology of the incarnation. Now, I want to say something that as we talk about good theology, because it is important that we have it, they were living in a time when the church was going astray from good theology, and that's part of what God raised up this revival outside of the church, because the church had gone astray. The church was off track there in England, and there were there's these movement of revival. As a matter of fact, John Wesley, Charles Wesley, and another guy named John Whitfield, or George Whitfield, excuse me. They were part of a group called the Holy Club. There's just a few of them, maybe less than a dozen, but they were devoted to the Lord, and some of them became great preachers who brought revival into England, into Great Britain, into the uh, the United States. Who knows? God might be doing that in our day as well. You, some God is always at work, and he may even use some obscure young people like he did in that time to when the church had gotten off gone off the rails to raise up a new revival. When I talk about the church going off the rails, uh, disturbed by a, something I just read recently, uh, a Barna survey that said of, of supposed born-again Christians, 43%, are you ready for this? 43% said they believe Jesus was a good man, a great man, but was not God. Wow. We'll have to teach on this in our daily word and prayer and talk about the scriptures related to this, but the Bible clearly teaches he is God. We believe in the triune God, the Trinity, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and that's what this song reminds us of. So let's go ahead and look at it for our day as well as their day, and let's, as we sing this song, let's learn some good theology from it ourselves. Amen? Here we go. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. This is why he came, amen? Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. What was Jesus the king of? You ever stop and think about that? I mean, he wasn't king of Rome. He wasn't the king there of, of you know, of the of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He was the king of the kingdom of God. That's who he is. When we talk about the deity of Christ, Jesus is the king in the kingdom of God. This is the whole story and focus of through the Old Testament that the, the, there's this coming kingdom. And John the Baptist announced the coming of the king and the kingdom. And he said of Jesus, he wasn't even worthy to untie his sandals. Why? Because as Jesus was proclaiming the kingdom of God, it, he, he, also, he taught he was the Messiah. And the Messiah is the king of the kingdom. That's who Jesus Christ is. Verse 2, hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, 
born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them, born to give us second birth. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. I love this line in here. I think it's an important one where it says, mild he lays his glory by. What's that mean? The incarnation, the event of Christmas is when God became man. Now, Jesus had always existed as the Son of God. The Son of God is eternal. But he took on human flesh and in what we call the incarnation. Did he stop being God? No, not not at all. He was always God, but he laid aside his glory. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 tells us he laid aside his privileges as God and was found in appearance as a man. His nature never stopped being the same, his basic identity. But during his time on earth, Jesus had laid aside and chosen not to to use his his divine powers. I've I've you maybe heard me say this before, but I equate this to a say a a, a very wealthy person who may want to uh, say a billionaire who wants to go hang out with some homeless people and understand them and let them understand him, get to know them, develop a relationship. He might leave his mansion, leave his chauffeur, leave his wallet, leave his credit card, leave his checkbook, leave it all behind and put on some old beat up clothes and go live under the bridge with homeless people for a, a few weeks. He never stopped being who he was. He never stopped being that billionaire. He never stopped having all those, the privileges that would come with that wealth. But for a period of time, he laid that aside and did not live that way because he was living with these poor people in relationship with them. That's what Jesus did. He never stopped being God. He never stopped being divine. He, he laid aside his privileges as God and lived as one of us with, with the weaknesses we have the temptations we have, and yet he was without sin. He was tempted in all things, but he passed the test. And that's why he was qualified to lay his life down as our Savior. You and I have failed the test, you see. You and I have sinned. We were tempted and we've given in to temptation. We failed the test and are found guilty. Jesus was tempted, but he never failed the test. And thus he was, thus he was innocent and righteous and as the righteous one could offer his life as a sacrifice for our sins. Let's look at verse 3. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Oops. I made a mistake there and had that as verse, uh, excuse me, as verse 1. We'll just go ahead and call it there, okay? Uh, that's my typo there, or my, my misprint. Anyway, hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Don't we love the Lord? He is the Son of God, the divine Son of God who took on human flesh. The angels announced his birth. The shepherds went to see who this was. Indeed, when we go to Israel and we go to Bethlehem, and actually Jesus was most likely born in a cave, not in a, not in a barn, in a cave. And when we go there and we sing Christmas carols, maybe at the very spot where the Son of God entered this world, it's quite a quite a, a miracle. Let's never, you and I, lose the miracle of the incarnation that God took on human flesh, came to earth. Why? Ultimately, he was born to die. That's right. He was born to be tempted, 
tried, passed the test, ultimately to die for our sins and then rise again as he conquered death. What an awesome God we have. Jesus, we bless you. We thank you that you are the king of the kingdom. We thank you you are the one that angels announced as they sang of your presence, as they sang of your birth. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you as the king of the kingdom. We say glory to this newborn king. We thank you for the music that can cause our hearts to rejoice and be lifted up in praise to our God. We bless you today. We pray, Father, for each one of us. I pray for each you join us to help us live our life this day and every day in light of this amazing truth that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him might not perish but have eternal life. This amazing truth that God, the son of God, Jesus, you stepped out of glory, you came to this earth, you were tested in all things, tempted, but you passed the test. Then you gave your life as a sacrifice for us, and you rose again. We bless you. We love you. Might these truths never become old? Might they never become routine? Might they live freshly in the lives of every one of us this Christmas season and every day? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Hey, folks, thanks for being with me today. Again, my name is Tom Short. We come here and we get in the Word of God every day, and so I invite you to join us. If you're new today, welcome. I hope you will subscribe to our channel and and like the video and leave a comment. Tell me who you are, how you found out, and if you know me from other anywhere else. But we get in the Word of God every day, live at 8.30 a.m., or you can watch later or even just listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. But we do it because we, we believe we need daily encouragement. Scripture says, encourage one another day by day, lest your heart become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We live in a world where it's so easy to become hard, so difficult to stay faithful. Daily input can really help. So to those of you who are here every day, I love you guys. I'm so glad you're with us. If you're new, I hope you join our community. Come here regularly as we get in the Word of God. So until we meet tomorrow, might the Lord bless you, strengthen you, make His face shine upon you, fill you with joy all day long and every day. You got something the world didn't give. Don't let it, don't let the world take it away from you. Amen. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.